Late last year, my wife and I went to a Christmas party and it was really fun and we had a great time. The problem was that someone at the party, it turns out later tested the next day positive for COVID-19. Now I was a little freaked out at first, but I didn't worry too much because we had already gotten the virus. It's probably not that big of a deal. We ended up looking for a diagnostic test just to be responsible, make sure that we didn't have it again. And we looked all over town. We went to store after store after store, and we couldn't find one until finally at one store, we finally got a diagnostic test for COVID. This diagnostic test was made by Abbott and we were really grateful. We found it, ended up testing negative and we moved on with our lives. Now, if it hadn't been for that little test, I wouldn't have been able to see some family members because of the threat of the virus spreading. So we were really happy that we got that test. So let's talk about the company that manufactured that test. Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to Stock Stories, the show where we decode the business behind the stock. Hi there, my name is Alex Mason, your stock storyteller. And my wife and I went from not knowing anything about investing to becoming financially independent by 30 years old. And the way that we did that was by investing in the stock market. So my goal with this show is to empower you with the knowledge and skills you need to invest successfully in the stock market. And what we're doing is going through the entire S&P 500. We've gone through well over 100 companies so far via the podcast and now this YouTube channel. So today we're going to go over another one of those companies in the S&P 500. So without further ado, let's get it. Laboratories was started by a man named Dr. Wallace Abbott all the way back in the 1800s, 1888 to be exact. And he was a doctor and a pharmacist living in Chicago. And he started a company called the People's Drug Store, which was basically just a drugstore back in those days. He was selling medicine like a lot of pharmacists did. A few years later, he founded the Abbott Alkaloidal Company in 1894. And that's where he began to sell pharmaceuticals beyond just the Chicago area. So he became very successful with his drugs. He expanded to London, England in 1907. So he was a very internationally focused, forward-thinking business person who wanted to help people with drugs that would help them with their illnesses. Now, the company actually had its initial public offering all the way back in the 1920s. And they had their IPO in 1929, which if you know anything about stock market history, that was the year that the Great Depression hit and the great stock market crash hit America. And so it was kind of the worst time to go public, <laughs> but the company actually ended up thriving still because it was growing fast. People needed their products. People couldn't go without medicine. So even though there's the Great Depression happening, Abbott still began to thrive. Now, over the decades, the company expanded. They started building out new product lines, things like diagnostics, baby formula. And by 1985, they had developed this brand new medical test to identify the HIV virus, which was 
a really big achievement, a really big deal in the field of medicine. So this is a company that has a history of innovation. And then by the early 2000s, they developed this drug called Humira. And Humira is essentially a drug that treats arthritis. And this single drug ended up going on to become the best-selling drug of all time. Like literally in 2020, this single drug brought in over $20 billion in sales. The problem is that Abbott Labs no longer gets revenue from Humira because in 2014, they ended up spinning off a lot of their drug business into a company called AbbVie, which itself now is another S&P 500 company that we'll get to later, but they ended up spinning off this company. enjoying this episode, it would be so appreciated if you went and just tap that like button real quick. If you're getting value out of this content, thank you so much. All right. So we've talked a little bit about the history of Abbott. Let's talk now about what they do today and what their business model is. So Abbott is in the business of health. And I know that's a really broad term, but this is a company that has a broad array of products. They do all sorts of things to promote people's well-being. They have a few different categories of products where they sell things. They have nutrition, they have medical devices, they have diagnostics, and then they have generic pharmaceuticals. And so they dabble a little bit in pharmaceuticals, but they mostly spun that business off to AbbVie back in 2014. So those are really their main customer areas. Now, they're mostly a direct-to-consumer business, which means they sell to people like you and me. And let's consider just one segment of their business for a moment, diabetes care. Now, in America alone, there are over 330 million people. And of those 330 million people in the entire population, 34 million of them, so about 10%, have diabetes. And even more important than that, 88 million Americans have pre-diabetes. So if you add that up together, that's something like a third of Americans are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So it's a serious thing. And Abbott Laboratories has this huge addressable market here. They have all these people who need help with monitoring their glucose, keeping their sugar under control. And they offer this product called the Freestyle Libre. And it's essentially a glucose monitor that tracks your blood sugar and it syncs up to your phone. So you can have an app on your phone that in real time keeps you informed of your blood sugar. Now, this is just one example of Abbott's many products. And this particular product grew over 40% in 2020 as far as its sales. So this is a big growth area for the company. Abbott is doing a lot of things related to COVID testing, treating infectious diseases and diagnosing them primarily. So they're really big in that area too. Now, as far as the breakdown of the revenue between these different segments, about two thirds of the revenue comes from medical devices and diagnostics. So developing products that help people in medical situations or diagnosing issues. And then I wanted to look a little bit deeper to understand within, the, within those segments, what's actually making the most money for the company. And within those segments, 
rapid diagnostics, so things like the COVID-19 test that I mentioned earlier, and diabetes care, which I just mentioned too, those business units are growing the fastest and they're also the largest. So rapid diagnostics, they grew about 45% annually over the last few years, so really robust growth there. And then the diabetes care segment is growing at about 30% per year. So even though this is a big old company that makes billions of dollars, they still have segments of their business that are growing much faster than you might expect for an older company. Another thing that's important about this business is that they sell internationally. About two thirds of their sales are outside of the United States. So this really is a multinational company that makes money overseas too. All right, let's talk about competitive advantage for just a moment. Now, being in the healthcare sector, there's a high barrier to entry for a lot of their products. You and I can't just go out and decide we're going to create a new medical device and then just sell it in a store just because we feel like it. No, we have to get certain approvals. There are a lot of regulatory approvals from places like the FDA and other regulatory bodies that make sure that what these companies are creating are safe for people to use. And not every company has the research and development capabilities that Abbott Laboratories has. We're going to go ahead and look at the financials real quick. So let's go ahead and go to financials. And I want to just look at, first of all, revenues. How much money is this company making at the top line? Now, they went from about $27 billion in 2017 to in 2021, they made $43 billion. So nice growth in revenue here, very consistent growth. And of course, we see even during COVID, they're making more money. Why? Because they're manufacturing and selling all these diagnostic tests related to COVID. They're selling medical devices. I mean, this is a company that is built for a pandemic. They thrive during times like these when people need medical care. So that's a great trend to see here in the revenues. I want to go down now to the income. How much profit is this business actually making? And I'm going to go to net income. That's that bottom line number. And we see that we have this really nice trend up. This is a company that really has been thriving, not just on the top line, but they've actually been making money. So in 2017, they had just $477 billion in profit. 7 billion in profit last year. Huge growth, huge growth, especially for a company this old. I mean, this is actually really impressive for a company that's been around since the 1800s. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I wouldn't expect this kind of growth from a company this big and mature. Quick look at the balance sheets. Let's go ahead and look at how much cash the business has. Okay, cash balance is not too bad. They maintain around nine, $10 billion in cash dipped down for a few years there, but uh, went right back up. So, okay. So they have some liquidity. This is always important as an investor to look at because if a company doesn't have a lot of cash, then even if it's making money from a profit perspective, it might not be able to meet its short-term obligations. So that's really important. And then let's go ahead and look at the debt. I just want to look at long-term debt. 
Okay, very nice. In 2017, they had over $27 billion in debt. 2021, they chopped that down to $17 billion. So they've been consistently paying off their debt little by little. And it seems like they're well capitalized. Not any red flags here from a shareholder perspective. So that's great. All right. Now looking at the cash flow. Now cash flow tells us the money that's actually coming into and out of the business. Real quick, let's look at cash from operations. And it follows a similar trend to the net income growth, which is great. We see that growing curve. It made over $10.5 billion in cash from operations last year. Uh, so that's that's great to see. And then as far as cash from investing and cash from financing, let's see what we have here. Cash from financing, I want to point this out, is down here. They spent about $5.5 billion in financing cash flows. And a lot of that went to, let's look at these lines here, common dividends paid and repurchase of common stock. These are big ones. So they're buying back a lot of stock. In 2021, they bought back over $2 billion worth, and then they paid out over $3 billion in dividends. So a lot of that cash flow, remember that number we just looked at, $10.5 billion in operating cash? So that means about half of their cash flow is going right back to the shareholders as either dividends or share repurchases. All right, so we've taken a look at the financials of Abbott Laboratories so you can get a sense of what the numbers are like for this business. Always important as an investor. Now, as far as risk for this business, I'm thinking, okay, when you're as big as Abbott, you already are a market leader with a lot of products that are selling well. One of the things about this business is that growth is more difficult. Now, I, I think Abbott is unique in this sense because it's a healthcare company, at least in its markets that it operates in, it's actually growing relatively fast. It's growing at around a 12%-ish growth rate in terms of its profits, which is pretty healthy. So that's great. The margins seem solid. Shareholders are actually seeing profits. Those are all good things. They just don't have a huge growth runway. So that's something to consider. And there's a lot of dividends and a lot of share buybacks to be had here. So definitely shareholder friendly management. One thing that is a little troublesome is that the price earnings ratio is around 30 times earnings right now, which seems a little bit rich for a business that isn't growing super, super fast. I mean, it seems okay. It seems kind of fairly valued, but it doesn't seem like a screaming bargain here to me right now. Now, if this company was trading at 15 times earnings, I would be all over it because <laughs> the profit quality is really high. And like I said, it's growing at a double digit rate. So it still has some growth left in the business. what I think about Abbott Laboratories. But now I want to know, what do you think? Let me know in the comments below. And if you're hungry for more, I have over 200 free podcast episodes. And you can check that out also in the link in the description. And I'm just so excited that you joined me for today's episode. Thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next one. All right. Bye.